Welcome to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive, featuring conversations with performing artists and industry influencers on what it takes to succeed in the arts. I am your host, Diane Foy, and I believe that you really can make a living from your creative talents. As a publicist, podcaster, and coach, my mission is to educate, motivate, and empower you to thrive with authenticity, creativity, and purpose. Hello, and welcome to episode number 30 of Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Today is another one from the Coalition Tech Conference that happened in the spring. Global superstar Akon was there. The American-born Singhalese artist has sold over 35 million albums worldwide, received five Grammy nominations, and collaborated with an array of A-list artists from many genres, including Lady Gaga, Eminem, Gwen Stefani, Daddy Yankee, Lil Wayne, Michael Jackson, Snoop Dogg, and many more. In addition to having two multi-platinum albums, Akon has had 27 songs in the Billboard Hot 100 and is the first artist to accomplish this feat of holding both the number one and number two spots at the same time on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. Twice. He did that twice. Akon's global vision is rooted in music but has expanded to include renewable energy. His Lighting Africa initiative put him at the forefront of the sustainability movement, an issue that profoundly affects citizens all over the world. At the Collision Tech Conference held in the spring, Acon was on various panels and mostly talking about Acoin, the, the cryptocurrency that he has with a vision to stimulate and innovate revenue-generating opportunities that support and empower youth, entrepreneurship, economic stability, and growth across Africa and the world. Recently, Akon announced the formation of Aconic Label Group, distributed by BMG. The unprecedented artist-founded label group is comprised of four distinct record labels. Aconda, Afrobeats. Iconic for the U.S., Jamacon for the Caribbean, and K-Low-Key for Latin America. This is the first time an artist has established a global record label group dedicated to multiple genres. This explains why he is releasing four albums this fall with various genres. The release dates have changed since this audio was taken, as you'll hear him say August 30th for all. However, three of the albums were just released in October, and the fourth is set for December. The audio is from the press conference I got to go to at Collision, and in, in addition to Acon, you'll hear the voice of Acoin, COO Lynn Liss, and President John Karras. I asked Acon why four albums at once. And you'll also hear a question from Sharon Fletcher from Blacks Inspire. 
And then Akon goes on a wonderful rant about how women should rule the world at the public Q&A. It's fantastic. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you missed, um, ultimately we were uh, talking about where we were with the Acoin, which is the cryptocurrency that we have that we're creating for Africa. Um, ultimately made for the younger generation to stimulate uh, entrepreneurship and give them a platform to where they can utilize their craft, their gifts, their mind, put value to it, and put it on a platform to give them you know, exposure and also the, the customers that they need to be able to take those businesses to the next level. Um, I think we talked about everything except my new album dropping August 30th. <laughs> So I know a lot of people was wondering, when is this new album coming out? So we have four albums dropping at the same time on August 30th. I have a Latin album coming out where I'm speaking Latin the whole... I'm actually speaking Spanish. A lot of people didn't know I was fluent in Spanish, so I'm doing a whole Latin album. Uh, I got an Afrobeat album that's also coming out. And then I got a hip-hop album that's coming out. And then I have a pop album that's coming out. So you get a release and grab the whole bundle on the 30th of Who are some of the features on these records? Uh, it's too many. But just know whoever, you know, whoever, like your favorite artist is on it, trust me. There's four albums to, to, and it features on every record, so I had to do it. Um, outside of that, we also talked about Akon Lighting Africa, um, the impact and what we're doing in Africa, uh, the innovations added to the new platform that we're coming on board, which will be prepaid energy to all the rural areas in Africa. Um, and how that actually will benefit towards the new system in which they will use Acoin to pay off their not only energy bills, but all the other bills that they accumulate in the neighborhood and all the loan systems in which they, you know, loan money, the payback system, creating credit for themselves on you know, when they pay, how much they pay, were they on time, were they late, were they early, just giving a sense of the customer if they want to be able to loan towards them again, whether it's personal loan or a business loan, it gives them a, a great idea of who they're loaning to and also creates the data of the kind of people that, that's in that community, age groups and so on and so forth, pretty much gathering all the data. Um, and then we were also talking about the apps and dApps and partnerships with Acoin within that system as well. What really worked about crypto that made me want to get into it for Africa specifically because I felt like Africa needed it. Because one thing about our local currencies, we have probably over 20, 30,000 different currencies in Africa. We're not going to talk about how many languages we got for communicating, but it's too many. And they're all backed by a resource that they don't control. So the problem with the, the dollar there, the local currency, constantly fluctuates up and down, but mostly down. So it becomes to the point where the local currency don't even have value in, in the local market. And that creates a lot of poverty in so many big ways because the basic things they should be able to afford, they can't because the dollar is not strong enough to buy something as basic as sugar, milk, and bread. You know, so to create that currency that now the people decides what has the value creates a different kind of dynamic because this is something they know that they can trust and this is something they know that they can work towards owning. So Ultimately, it, it creates a different economy and a mindset. It's like Bitcoin, right? When you purchase that Bitcoin, yeah, before it was just a conversation. But then at the moment when you say, damn, I just bought a Ferrari with Bitcoin. Like, 
and it's not a dollar bill, but it had enough value to you can use it now to trade that for a Ferrari that cost $250,000 of money that you know exists or has been proven to have value, but yet you have a digital coin that you can't even touch, feel, taste, or swallow, and you were able to buy that with it. You know what I mean? So that just told me that it's the people that decide what value is. Um, and it's something very cool. We've been running uh, it's a token of appreciation campaign. If you go to acointoa.org, um, and I bring it up not only because you'd be gifted acoins if you go out to make a donation. So this is an early way to sort of see acoins for yourself and wait and see what's going to happen. But what's been really beautiful um, is Africa in particular. Thousands of people coming out to our site and just saying. I don't care what it's going to be worth in the future. I just want to, I want to be a part of this movement. I'm going to donate a few dollars even all the way up to hundreds of dollars and getting behind this idea of, again, a, a digital currency for Africa. So it's proving the point that that market is very, very ripe for something like this. There's been such excitement again from Africa in particular. The other thing is playing off of the trust. Econ's earned a lot of trust from all of the things that he's done and having a lot more trust is essential as the local government's rise and fall and inflation makes their currency less and less valuable oftentimes. Hi, my name is Sharon Fletcher and I have a community platform that I uh, started called Blacks Inspire to have uh, positive images and talk about progression within the Caribbean, African, uh, African-American community. So this community uh, created, which I think is fantastic, it will drive business towards Africa. Is there a way that this will also help on a global level? North Americans, um, people from the UK contribute to um, the industry in Africa and, and connecting even more so our the diaspora, the uh, African diaspora across the world. No, that's absolutely. I think, you know, you made a great point, too. I'm glad you asked it because when I built the coin, it was mainly for the diaspora to fuel it. You follow, but it's showing what we're seeing is that the Africans are taking initiative to take it and own it, which is even better because the purpose was for Africa to own it. But we needed a fuel, we needed an engine, and we felt like the diaspora would be that engine to actually fuel it, right? So it's actually working both ways, and I, I like the fact that the diaspora is getting more engaged. And it goes back to you know his question of how I was promoting African Americans in America to have more, put more focus in the opportunities in Africa. Because what happens is we've, we've been taught so much about Africa to the point where we're afraid of Africa. You know, the African, like the local African-American friends that I have, the moment you mention Africa, they start shaking. They're literally afraid. They don't know what to expect. And most of them don't even know that the distance between New York and LA is the same distance from New York to Senegal. And it costs the exact same amount. So it's not like it's not like it's that far away where you have to, it's not a 12, 13, 15, 24 hour flight. It's literally a six and a half hour flight from New York to LA to Senegal. You know, most of them don't even know that. So it's to the point where if people just knew what that opportunity was in Africa, it would change everything. You know, especially African Americans, because I always tell them, I know we complain a lot about the American system, but the American system was never built for you. So you can go to a system that's built for you and then you can enhance and develop that. And you got the support to do it, you just got to have the, the heart to do it. 
Hi, I'm Diane Foy. I have a performing arts podcast. Um, and I'm as a publicist, I'm curious why four albums at once. And also, do you have any advice for up-and-coming performing artists? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so there's a couple reasons why I decided four albums at once. One of them was I want to do something that's never been done before. And every time I said it, everybody said, man, you're crazy. Why? It's too much music at one time, right? What? Four albums? Are you crazy? And I'd be like, yes, I am crazy. But I'm not dumb. We're in a streaming world now. See, back when I was selling music, it would have been too much music. If we were selling it from Walmart or Hi Fi Buy or Best Buy, you know, from the racks, I agree with you 100%. There would have been too much music. But the difference this time is that we're now in the world of streaming which means every genre has its own playlist. So if I do an album in Latin America that's considered a Latin album, that album will be played on the Latin stations and Latin playlists, which won't affect the Afrobeat album, which will be on the Afrobeat stations and the Afrobeat playlists, which won't affect the hip-hop album, which will be on the hip-hop playlist and hip-hop stations, which won't affect the pop album, which will be on pop playlists and pop stations. So I can release all four of those records at the same exact time with a cross-marketing of all the fans that actually support me in different cultures, different languages, and for them to get to the other side, they will actually physically have to hear that album to know that those other albums exist, and they will make it upon themselves to go check it out. When it comes to African politics, the younger generation just have to, have to be involved. And one thing I've realized is that what Africa really needs is more women leaders. They need women politicians. No, I'm serious. Because women have a different agenda. And they don't think and they don't make a move according to power. See, men, we have, when we make a decision, it's about power and control. Women, when they decide, it's about family and stability. So, their agenda, when it comes to leadership, is totally different. I don't honestly believe there are more women leaders, more women presidents, more women in powerful positions. The world wouldn't be such a fucked up place. Like, half these wars that's going on wouldn't be there if a woman was in power, I do. Because a woman would choose to save a life and take one. Man, we got all this testosterone, we just wanna fuck somebody up. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. All this pressure that men are put on, we have to do this, we have to do this, we have to control this, we have to do this, and no, he can't do this, or he can't get away with that, you do this, or I'm gonna do this. It's all that. When a woman would have been like, yo, just come give me a hug. Like, bro, you alright? <laughs> just give me a hug, it's not that serious. Right or wrong, right? Because guess who calms you down when you're upset? It's always a female figure. It's either your girlfriend, your mother, your sister, your grandma. Oh, baby, it's okay. We're gonna be alright. And we calm down, you like, my I'm cool, cool. Now imagine if we had that in leadership. The world would be a lot calmer. It really would be. But if I can change things, honestly, I would prefer that the presidents get in the ring and they hash that out. Do you know how many problems would be solved if I could get Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un in the ring? <laughs> you know what, we're not gonna take my army against your army. No, how about we put a glove on you and we put gloves on you, and then whoever wins, take it. I guarantee you they will go back in the room and renegotiate 
before they get in that ring and fight because they have to physically feel the pain. But when other people are feeling that pain for you, you easily get in a position to make a decision that don't really physically affect you. You know, so ultimately it goes back to African politics. Our presidents, when they make the decision, they don't feel the physical pain because they take the country's money, they spend it outside of Africa, they're banking someplace in the Swiss or in the Cayman Islands or in the Mauritius. And Africa is in a position where the prisoners aren't ever held accountable for what they're doing. And then the neighboring countries are supporting them, protect them from that. You know, so it creates a system where the younger generation, the younger generation have to be the ones now to be a part of it. Because we are we are thinking different. The diaspora actually have now not only the resources, the knowledge, and the finances to go back and change things. But the only way to change African politics is to be a part of it. So you, the younger generation has to be more part of politics to anything in Africa change. And the women have to be leading it. This, I firmly believe if the women led it, Africa will change for sure. For links and transcript, visit singdanceactthrive.com slash zero three zero. Thanks for listening to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Be sure to join the mailing list at dianefoy.com to gain access to exclusive bonus content, a weekly newsletter, and an invitation to our private Facebook group of purpose-driven performing artists and industry influencers.